As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Uh, you are now tuned into anything potable, the most honorable, the most audible. Hold the applause, like Paul Pierce when he was fresh out the Welcome to Anything is Potable! Boston Celtics Podcast here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm your host, Sam Jam Packard, professional sports fan, joined as always by the kid, the god, the legend himself, Celtics beat reporter from The Athletic, El Nino, Jay King. He's joining us live from Miami after the Celtics, who shot 7 of 35 from 3, 20%. Their lowest number the entire year. The Celtics, who blew a 10-point lead with four minutes left, somehow win the Game 6 against Miami with a Derek White tip-in with .1 seconds left. Jay King, what the hell happened out there? Everything. <laughs> everything, everything. <laughs> everything that was a wild happened. game. <laughs> everything, everywhere, all at once. My favorite movie, and it just played out. That would... That would have been an epic loss, the type of loss that sticks with you, maybe not just for an offseason, forever. <laughs> like that was, they were up 10 with just a few minutes left, lost the entire lead, got lucky Duncan Robinson missed a couple of threes. Two wide those, open shots. <laughs> they left the best shooter in the on the court wide open a couple of times. Jimmy Butler. After review, it's ruled a three instead of a two. He makes them all because, of course, he does. He's Jimmy Butler. He he was ready to shake off what was a terrible game from him and just carry the heat down the stretch. And then it was like just the perfect sequence for the Celtics. Let, let's, let's break it. So, Marcus, the Heat take away Jason Tatum. They do a great job of that. But they have Gabe Vincent do it. And Gabe Vincent would have been guarding Derek White. And so Marcus Smart flashes to the ball, has the wherewithal to just fire it up right away. Because if he misses it, then you at least have a chance for a putback. And Derek White, who didn't wasn't guarded after the inbounds pass, just crashed. And if you and, look at the replay, though, he was 1.8 seconds left. He's fully in the corner because he flashed the corner as soon as Marcus got that shot. He crashed hard and didn't even get like a full shot. It was a genuine tip on the ball. 
uh, and initially did not look like it like uh, from the broadcast. It did not look like it is. And I did not celebrate until they showed the replay and it was clearly a good shot. I started running around the house going insane. That was, it was so close. Wild. It was so close to not being in time. <laughs> so close. And it, it was it was very cool because Derek White is never a guy who seeks out the spotlight. He's like the greatest teammate in the world. He lost his starting spot last series and was totally cool with it. Like whatever, whatever works. And now he's the first player since Michael Jordan over Craig Elo to sink a buzzer beater with his team trailing and facing elimination to save the season at the buzzer. Like it was, I've never seen an ending like that because it's never happened before. <laughs> That's a very literally good point. never happened. <laughs> and I, I'm just, I'm still stunned. And I think the Celtics were too. Because why wouldn't you be? You, they <laughs> they blew the season. They blew it over the last few minutes. Well, it was they won. They absolutely blew it. They're up by ten with four minutes and ten seconds to play. They just go into kind of well, the Heat go to zone, which is just like classic Spolstra, and the Celtics just don't know what to do with it. Jimmy Butler finally wakes up from his coma, and he's been absolutely awful up until for the first forty-four minutes of that game, and he just consistently goes to the line. The Celtics, with some pretty decent offensive rebounding, some pretty not-so-great foul calls, if I'm going to be honest, uh, on Jason Tatum that offensive was, rebounding or Jalen Brown offensive rebounding. Those were bad calls. I would be pissed if I were a Heat fan. Oh, they're mad. They are mad online. They buddy. should be <laughs> mad because that was, starting with the Jalen Brown one, that somehow turned into a four-point play after he didn't make the shot. <laughs> like it, it was a goal 10 which you never see before for a guy like well that was that was because they called a tech on him they called a tech on the grabbing of the rim which yeah, i've never so it was heard a goal before. 10 and one and a tech it was like oh man that's a crazy that was swing a right huge four-point play so there's a lot of these plays that like get the celtics kind of back in the game they still miss Jalen brown missed one a huge free throw after the offensive foul in a later possession smart Marcus missed smart. a huge one late in the game too yeah and so jimmy butler gets the ball in the corner there's huge debate on whether or not it was a double dribble uh, before it. He kind of loses the ball, regathers, fouled by Al Horford in the corner. It gets reviewed. Initially, I thought the, the Celtics challenged and then they got it reviewed and it turned from a two into a three. You tweeted that they would have reviewed it for two and three no matter what. So it wasn't like the challenge cost him that. But that major part of that challenge is it goes from 2.1 seconds left on the clock to three seconds left on the clock. If we're breaking this down like the Sabruder film, if you look at three seconds left on the clock, that's when Al Horford first kind of bumped him before the double dribble. So I don't know what the refs were thinking in terms of like deciding when that foul first occurred, uh, whether it was a foul there and then a continuation for the three. But just those 0.9 seconds ended up being mighty, mighty critical after what was just a wild, really a wild collapse in the final four minutes. But before that, a kind of insane game where the Heat's role players made ridiculous three-point shots the entire evening and the Celtics could not buy a bucket from anywhere other than the paint uh it was a it was a Jason Tatum really carried them in the first half just continuing going to line 25 him and Jimmy Butler just don't score any points in the third quarter they don't have any great offensive execution late in the fourth quarter and really almost blew this game 
but then they didn't and we're going to a game seven <laughs> like i still it's it's incredibly wild that was i mean <laughs> we just witnessed an all-time moment that's an that's, all-time bird steals the ball passes to dj like that's level of of craziness to extend the series that's an all-time and Celtics I, play obviously if they don't finish the series it will be looked at differently but if they go on to win this series and if they go on to win the NBA finals that will be right up there with any of the greatest plays in Celtics history name any of them it's right up there's nothing that could beat that nothing because they were dead they were dead they missed they lost a double digit lead jimmy butler hit the free throws they lost they missed a potential game-winning shot. I thought the smart shot was in, though. It did look good. It rimmed in and out. He he put a great shot up there, honestly, given like how little time he took to shoot it. And Derek White just snuck in there, unassuming Derek White, humble Derek White, and just just finished him. Holy shit. Shit, I'm not apologizing, Grandy. I will not apologize <laughs> tonight because that was the craziest game, craziest ending I have ever seen in my life. I'm just trying to like, all right, let's let's try to break it down what happened here because the Celtics really were seven for 35, shooting 20%. They're literally their worst percentage in every single game they had played this entire season. Other than Marcus Smart, no one was really hitting threes. Jason Tatum was fantastic at going, especially in the first half, of getting to the line. I think he was 15 and 15 from the free throw line tonight. But other than that, the Celtics did not really have any seeming great offensive possessions and really could not knock down any threes. And on the other side of the ball, Jimmy and Bam were were not good, but the Heat role players really keeping them in this game, especially... In the first half, gave Vincent three of six from three. Caleb Martin, four of eight from three. He scored 21 points. He was, again, phenomenal tonight. Duncan Robinson, three of six uh, from three. But those two huge misses. But it was just a it was a rock fight of a game where in the first quarter, the refs were really letting them play. And then in the second half, it was just like the slowest rock fights, slow down ref show just an ugly, ugly basketball game that turned the refs into went from calling nothing to just calling everything. It was a weird switch by them, and a lot of them were actually fouls. Like, oh, every each team they, was fouling the shit out of each the other team. On every there were possession. a couple of generous fouls for the Celtics, but other than that, it was they went from calling nothing to when there was contact, actually calling it. I'm, I mean, I'm just stunned. The Celtics, that's the game, like. They haven't really won this season. I'm not Seven even. I'm for still not sure. From three. If, I'm still not sure if they won. Like I still, I'm still shocked. Go ahead. That's a good. They just haven't won that that game this season where they can't hit any threes, and the other team comes back. It's just like that's typically when they just lost. Like they just they weren't able to pull themselves out of that a lot. At this time, they didn't really like. Until Derek White's tipping, which was a miracle, it was magical, it was stupid. They really didn't pull themselves out of it. Like they were just making bad decisions, wasted possessions. Jason Tatum's 
take where he like was just stumbling and just kind of threw it up there, but then get, grabbed his rebound and then got blocked. It's like, what are they doing out there? And then they won. And then all of it led to the greatest moment for this core. One of potentially one of the greatest moments in Celtics franchise history, depending on what, what happens from here. I thought in the at the time, and I, I was wrong, but I thought at the time that Missoula's challenge was the only reason why they looked at that and changed it from a two to a three. And if that had been the case, that would have been the worst challenge in the history of basketball. <laughs> and that's that's what I thought. But I guess they would have reviewed it no matter what to see if it was a two or a three. And Grant Williams said this to me. He said, that challenge saved our season because it was the reason they put time back on the clock. And it's it's probably true. Like, I don't know. Maybe when they reviewed it, they would have put time back on the clock, but I'm not sure exactly what the rule is there. I'm just – that was a stunning end. There's there's not real analysis that go, can go into it <laughs> besides, like, holy shit, what did we just witness? And it's kind of wild because you mentioned the bad foul calls on the Heat. Like, the, the Heat messed up their challenge earlier in the game, or just didn't mess it up. They just used it much earlier in the game, in which would have been a, a pretty huge call because it was Jalen getting called for the hook, and uh, the refs made a call that I've never really seen before where they say both contact was marginal, and so we're going to give Jalen the bucket and not have him pick up his fifth foul with what I think was, like, seven minutes left in the third quarter. That would have been a huge... I actually Huge called that goal. outcome. A salute to me. Oh, credit on to press you. Row, <laughs> on press row, I said it to Weiss, to Washburn, and Himmelsbach. I looked at it, I said, they're gonna it's gonna be a successful challenge. So so but they're gonna they're gonna wipe away the uh and one and and not call foul on Jalen. Because it, it was a hook, but it was like pretty minimal contact. It wasn't like like they wouldn't have called that on most normal plays during during the action. I I thought it was the right call, but it was it could have gone the other way for sure. Yeah, and it's kind of wild how much fouls kind of played an impact on the game. It really slowed down the game, but like in the third quarter, the Heat were in the bonus with nine minutes left to play, and they only shot five free throws. Um, Caleb Martin was in foul trouble, and that forced kind of Kyle Lowry into the game. Kyle Lowry actually showed up tonight, which is a, a change from what he had done earlier in the series. He, he had some he's a huge, man. huge buckets at the late end of the third quarter, and I thought he was solid at the start of the fourth quarter. That, that bucket over Jalen was just such an old man move. That like, barely could, got over the front of the rim. <laughs> could not get an inch of separation. Could not possibly drive past Jalen Brown and just crafted his way into like an inch of separation and then just barely snuck it over the rim. That was like old man at, at the YMCA playing against guys 20 years younger. He he was great. He, he, he really like, that's a super competitive dude. That is a, like, I know he's only won one championship, but to me, that guy's, one of the best winners of this generation just because of everything he does to impact winning. And he almost did it tonight. He he was great. The heat, the heat just don't quit, man. Like that is a tough 
freaking group. Bam didn't really have it shooting at all. But, but he, he had so many offensive class, rebounds. It, yeah. They were shooting like 33, 34% for most of the game and still staying in it because Bam just kept getting into the glass. Caleb Martin and Gabe Vincent hit everything for a while. And every time it felt like the Celtics were going to get some separation, he just kind of willed their way back into it. That's you know, a tough freaking team. You know, it's kind of wild right now. I'm looking at the box score. Bam played basically 46 minutes and the heat were a plus six in his time on the court. Cody Zeller played two twenty one, and the heat were a minus seven. Like Bam was despite being four for 16 from the field. You're right. He had seven offensive rebounds tonight. Jimmy Butler also had offensive rebounds. Like they could not make a shot, but they kept on coming, especially on the offensive glass, creating more looks. Couldn't really get a lot of those tip-ins, but just their three point shooting, uh, 14 of 30 tonight, certainly, and their role players kept them in the game, and they just kept coming. And then down the stretch, the Celtics turn into the Boston Celtics. Heat goes zone, and it's just like bad offensive possession after bad offensive possession. Jimmy's finally getting foul calls. Um, And it had to be, my God, it is very reminiscent of last year where it's just like a crazy, crazy ending where the Celtics are choking away the game. And then somehow, some way, something bounces correctly in this direction. Last year, it's Jimmy missing that three-pointer in Game 7. This year, it's White getting the tip in. But uh, very similar feelings, at least to me, where I'm just screaming at the television, stressed out, but ultimately fist-pumping in the end. Yeah, but I mean, unlike last year, they actually pulled ahead. Oh, yeah, the Heat and actually, yeah, even they were even more dire straits this year. That was a pretty, pretty huge difference from last season's finish and now the Celtics have a chance to come back from 3-0 deficit for the first time in NBA history they're the first team ever to do this and get a chance to to finish off the the 3-0 comeback at home I believe it's three other teams have forced a game seven before but all of them were on the the away court for that game seven I imagine the garden's going to be absolutely insane Jason Tatum said he's never been more excited to go back to Boston in his life. And what do you expect in game seven? Like what, what is going to happen in that game? I have absolutely no idea because like you said, the heat don't really quit. It's got to be incredibly demoralizing for to be that close to advancing to the NBA finals and to lose that game. Um, it's, pretty wild i think if anyone can kind of bounce back from it it's the miami heat that being said i don't think the celtics are going to shoot as poorly from three in game seven as they did in game six but i also just don't see jimmy butler having that bad a performance although i was listening to like the low post with nick Friedel. nick Friedel said he thought jimmy looked kind of tired for for first 44 minutes of this game jimmy did not look great didn't even look that aggressive so it's going to be very interesting to see what the how the heat come out and it's just like the nature of the playoffs like role players don't normally shoot that well on the road they shoot much better at home this game has been like this series has been kind of a wild twist of a kind of shooting disparity where the heat really shot the hell out of the ball the heat shot 15 more shots tonight like the the amount just the sheer number more possessions the heat have it's wild that the celtics pull out this type of game in a game in a series where you're down 3-0 
you have such small margins for fucking up. And like, this was the game where it's like 20% from three. <laughs> they, they use they, every inch of that margin. It was every yeah, inch of every that margin. Every inch of that margin. And it feels like if you're going to come back from a 3-0 deficit, you need to have some sort of crazy buzzer beater in there or some sort of uh, bounce of luck going in your way. Um, and uh, it's just like wild. This, this, this is the craziest part. I mean, besides the way the game ended, which was un- unrivaled in NBA history, that's that's the craziest part. Another crazy part: the Celtics, or the Heat, rather, had just five turnovers. They shot forty six point seven percent from three, and they had seventeen offensive rebounds. It's almost impossible to lose that game. It really is. Like to. To have all those factors so drastically in your direction, where they hit seven more threes, they had seven fewer turnovers, and they had five more offensive rebounds, you would think they would win that game running away, but the Celtics took away everything inside. They took away all of Jimmy's easy ones. Derek White had a great, great block on him. I did think Jimmy looked tired or hurt or something because he was just not aggressive. It was weird. Yeah. There was one time when he had the ball on the break and it was, there were a couple of Celtics back, but it was Derek White basically that he would have had to attack and he just kind of pulled it out. And that, that one felt very strange considering how he had hunted Derek White earlier in the, the series. Derek White just, tonight was uh when he was the main defender, he were one of twelve, and Jimmy Butler was zero for six with Derek White as the primary defender. Yeah, yeah, Derek White turning that battle around has been absolutely enormous for the Celtics over the last three games. Um, the Heat still having enough at the end was just wild to me because. Jimmy played 47 minutes. Bam played 46, and he had to play f- at least 46 because as soon as Cody Zeller came on the court, the Celtics just Minus feasted. Seven. Minus seven in two it, minutes. It was, it was like an auto bucket every time he was in the action. And it, like they could not have gone back to him. I don't think they could go back to Kevin Love. And that's the problem with... I mean, Bam, Bam might have to play 48. In in Game Seven, it's hilarious that I thought Haywood Highsmith would play a, a pretty <laughs> no, pretty big too. role tonight. Oh no, oh no, he he DMP'd. It was it was not the time for Hay, Haywood Highsmith, according to Eric Spolstra. The uh, like that is just a tough tough team. I thought Celtics were super tough too. Jalen Brown had some huge offensive rebounds. Al Horford's block of Bam Adebayo was huge. Was, enormous it's crazy like that was with that was in the fourth quarter it feels like every single thing happened after that point it was just just so much going on in that game they want that would have been one of the worst losses to an eight seed and it was just just how the celtics just how you would picture the celtics lose like this celtics team losing like up up 10 in the fourth and just can't control the game the rest of the way. It's just dumb stuff. 
But oh no, uh, oh no, they Derek <laughs> White, Derek White, the savior. My goodness. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, <laughs> I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? (laughs) You mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I thought the Celtics actually played pretty phenomenal defense tonight on a lot of just like great defensive efforts, just defending for the entire shot clock, making the heat get great ball movement. Um, There was that Duncan Robinson three that was like after a strong defensive possession where smart probably helped too much on Lowry to knock it down. Then Tatum exchanged backdoor cuts with him and Robinson. Then like this, it was a pretty close game to the Celtics to get it up to that 10 points. They went on this quick little 6-0 run. There, there's a miscommunication out of a timeout, I guess, and Derek White hit a huge three. Um, Marcus Smart had an and one, kind of trying to take uh, Duncan Robinson off the dribble. So it's just like all of a sudden it went from a four-point game to they were up 10. Then the the zone strikes again. Jimmy goes grifting, and we're back to, back to Derek White becoming the hero. Hey, I thought Robert Williams guarding Jimmy Butler was an issue late. Because Jimmy just went for the foul hunting. And, and as soon as that knew, foul happened, he got taken out of the game and went to Horford, who also had trouble yeah. fouling Jimmy Butler. Yeah, the uh, the other part of Missoula's strategy, which I kind of questioned, was going to the double big lineup late in the first half. And I know 
the Celtics at that time were just getting blasted on the glass. I assume that's why he went to it. But that's just I don't think that's the look for this series. You just cannot play those two guys together in this series when the Heat are small and they have too much shooting. They have guys who can beat closeouts in Martin Vincent, and you have to put put so much attention on Jimmy and Bam. So, but he, he it was only a quick, quick little stint that yeah, that I that mean, group played before I, I feel like he realized it or Robert Williams was hurt and he just took him out because of that Robert Williams his injury is something that could impact game seven looked like his left hand was really hurting him but he came back in and played the second half anyway another kind of adjustment or thing that Missoula tried we got you know two minutes of Sam Hauser at the start of the second quarter really didn't do much just trying to get, get some time for uh Jason Tatum getting him some rest, but he didn't do anything in that game. I agree. It's just clearly just not a series for the double big. No Brogdon tonight. No. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see Robert Williams. What do you think of, I guess, Gabe Vincent and is like, how'd he look out there? He clearly made some big shots, but uh, he was giving it a go on that uh, hurt ankle. Yeah, he looked pretty good. He didn't finish all the time. I don't know whether the ankle had anything to do with that. He did have a huge layup late, like uh, just yeah. driving one-on-one against Al Horford. So Yeah, and I think the Celtics, they were just playing fantastic defense inside the paint. Like, all those shots. The Heat missed a lot of shots inside the arc, but they were tough, tough looks. They were they had a crowd everywhere. And they, the Celtics actually had, like, a bunch of defensive breakdowns early. And just lost shooters especially during that second quarter they kind of had a chance to pull away but they just kept leaving shooters for some reason uh, it, it was just like there was a couple missed switches wasn't wasn't their crispest defensive game on the arc but they were they were really able to just pinch Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo into really tough shooting games those guys are tough as hell though salute to the <laughs> tough tough freaking team those guys played all those minutes and still had enough in the tank to come back from 10 in the final moments and just just really like salute to the tip of the cap they didn't they didn't win it but that is that is one tough fucking team yeah and it's just uh, i know i keep saying that but it's just i mean it's it don't expect much analysis after just the most one of the most insane games uh, of the year. Just to kind of like looking over the box score now, it was a pretty ugly third and fourth quarter for the Celtics on the offensive end. Only twenty two points in the third quarter. The third quarter was twenty two to nineteen, just to show you how gross it was. I thought Jalen Brown uh, in the first and third quarters did a pretty good job of just like making easy buckets uh, or making difficult shots, mid range jump shots, but kind of keep their offense generally afloat. Jason Tatum was absolutely dominant in the first half, especially there in the second quarter of just getting to the line and then just doesn't make, I think he had one more field goal in the second half, which is absolutely wild. But I do think they're the Celtics stars um, showed up tonight to just to get them at least some points for that first 44 minutes. Um, but I don't know. I'm looking for, I'm looking for places for analysis here. Cause I don't, don't have much other than just like, that was wild, man. That was, crazy. Oh yeah, go, going into the, the next game, Celtics needed to do a better job of creating threes. They ended up shooting 35, but they'd never got like the clean looks 
that they were able to produce in games four and five, probably somewhat because of what Miami did. But I just didn't think it was a crisp offensive game from Boston for the most part. I didn't think their process was great a lot of the time. They they forced things too much. Tatum and Brown kind of forced things, and it worked for Tatum for a while. But it was it wasn't like they were reading the game at a super high level like I thought they did in in parts of game four and game five. So they need they need to clean that up. The uh they just had some dumb turnovers too. Like Marcus Smart when he looked for the cross court pass and traveled because Jimmy Butler jumped to intercept it. There were there were a bunch of plays that was just kind of like they're not playing great, but they still only had, I think it was twelve turnovers for the game. So it wasn't like that was a destructive number. So they were able to manage it at least a little bit, but I thought Jalen for a while, like he was amazing in the first quarter scoring, but then also had some just adventurous decisions on his drives, which I thought he'd realized, like, don't do that anymore in this series because of the way the heat are defending you. And uh, he kind of went back to the bad decisions today. Yeah. It's interesting. I'm just looking at the second half box score. Like Jalen had four field goals. Marcus had four field goals. Derek White had three. But like Marcus Smart, despite some of the turnovers you mentioned and some of the, I guess, the questionable decision making, he was the him and Derek White are the only two guys who made threes uh, in the second half. They each hit two. Um, and I just it's weird how sometimes Marcus Smart post ups are the like feels like the most stabilizing thing the Celtics offense can pull off. Uh, but that happened tonight where they just were really struggling um, to get easy baskets to, uh, down the stretch. Yeah, smart. Both those guys, the the threes they hit were all just huge because they hit all seven. Smart and White hit all seven of the Celtics threes, which is kind of wild. That's insane. <laughs> that is wild. I mean, outside of them, they were seven for 18 and everybody else was 0 for 17. That's crazy. That that's that's tough to overcome when only your starting backcourt hits threes, especially on this team with Tatum and Brown and Horford. Like the spacing from those guys is really fucking important. But they found a way. Uh, the Hauser minutes were funny. They, they weren't. They weren't like ha ha funny. They're more funny. No, they weren't ha ha funny. It was just like like totally useless funny. Yeah, like like it took us till till now to even bring them up i thought they did. I actually uh, brought them up about 15 minutes ago you just weren't listening when i was talking my bad my bad <laughs> i actually think <laughs> that, that was inten- funnier. <laughs> in- <laughs> intentional that they brought him out there when jimmy butler was on the bench and then basically as soon as jimmy came back in they were like all right sam you're good go take a seat i think he played like 30 more seconds after butler checked in and then then was taken out played 150 overall just a really gritty effort from both teams, honestly. And like the Celtics, everything was crumbling for them early in the fourth, sort of like the Philly game, game six, where like it looked like everything was going against them for a while. And then the Jalen, the Jalen weird four point play happened. And that sent them on a run for a while. And it looked it looked like they might they might win comfortably, but that oh, was no, anything sir. but comfortable. No, no, that was a- anything but comfortable. That's when Spro breaks out the the goofy zone, and you just start pacing around the house and ripping your hair out because you've seen this script before. 
what do you think is going to happen in Game 7? You're just, like you said before, the fourth team ever to even force a Game 7 in the circumstances. Clearly, the momentum is on their side. Two very comfortable wins in Game 4 and 5, a crazy buzzer beater in Game 6. Game 7, Memorial Day, uh, let's say... Uh, I would believe the crowd to be pleasantly served before the 8.30 tip-off, before the game. It's going to be absolutely wild. What are you anticipating from that Game 7? Who knows? <laughs> who, the, knows? Uh... who knows at this point? I did predict immediately after the uh, Sixers series that this series was going seven. I will give myself a, a pat on the back for that. I said the Celtics you should win. You never would have guessed the path, though. <laughs> no, I would not. Absolutely you not. You never would have guessed the path. And it, it's crazy that the Celtics have gotten themselves here after. In both regards. Being... It's crazy they got down 3-0, and it's cr- even crazier that they got all the way back to a game seven. They were, yeah. They pissed away game one in the third quarter, pissed away game two in the fourth, and then got away absolutely rolled game three. Yeah. <laughs> and game three to the point where that was a broken team. They were broken and they were frustrated. They were pissed off. They could have just gone home. Most teams in that situation would have just said, you know what? I can't stand these motherfuckers anymore. About their so, own that, was, that was the reports. That was the reporting. That's what it felt like, apparently. And and they they decided, screw it, guys. We're we're gonna come back together and give this thing a go. They played two great games in four and five. Tonight was not a great game at all, but just gritty, gritty, gritty. That felt like a game seven where it was like both teams know exactly what the other's doing, both teams are doing whatever they can to take away what the opponent does best. The Celtics with shutting off the paint for Bam and Jimmy, the the heat with cutting off the three-point arc. And it was just like, can you find a way to do what you do worst better than the other <laughs> team does what they do worst? And Celtics didn't always do that. But, man, Derek White saved them from... What a been just a brutal, brutal loss. And now they have a chance to go go make history. They have a chance at home in Boston to end this. And I, I said this before the game. I really feel like there's just two destinies clashing right now. <laughs> One tearing them down for the the worst the, thing of ever. The the Celtics were born. This Celtics team was born to be the first team to come back from a 3-0 deficit. Like, just crash and burn, and it looked like they're going to die, and then all of a sudden, like, from the ashes rises this Phoenix. They did it last year at midseason. They did it last year in the playoffs. They've done it this year in the playoffs. and It just feels like it's their destiny to be the first team to come back from 3-0. But it's also Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolstra's destiny to be the first team to make the finals as an eight seed. And and it's it's their destiny to do it too. So it's just two destinies clashing. And I don't know what will happen in game seven. I expect both teams to be gritty as hell because tonight was the urgency on both sides was just incredible. It was just a desperate, desperate game. And it was it was fun to watch the whole way. And when the when the stakes are high, man, that was 
that was just an anxious game for all sides. I felt like, <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that happened. I cannot <laughs> believe that happened. I do I was... love uh, Richard White, Derek White's dad. His immediate reaction tweet is just, "OMG, that's my boy." I thought that was just like a very cool and genuine, like, wow, just startled tweet, but also like celebratory at a very cool moment. I spoke to him after the game. He was in the building. And, uh, no, he was not. Spoke to him on the phone, and he was so happy. I, I, that's a, such a cool moment. Like he's from Colorado, though. I'm surprised you didn't have beef with him. He he brought that up. <laughs> my beef with Denver. He, he got a kick out of it. <laughs> but uh, but it's such a, it's such a cool moment for for Derek White for his family. Like as a kid, a guy. But when he was a kid, nobody recruited him. To think, to think that he would ever make the NBA was preposterous at that time. They probably thought he would just go to college, have a decent career, just become a normal person like, like everybody else. <laughs> he's a pretty normal guy, except he's a and brilliant basketball player. He's as unassuming as it gets, but he's just made an incredible career. He's had an incredible season, and... The fact that he saved the Celtics season and has one of the most memorable shots in franchise history and NBA history, especially if the Celtics complete this comeback and then even more so if they win the finals. But just the journey that he's been on to even get here, like it's just a crazy, crazy, crazy moment. And Mike, I mean, when you're the only guy other than Michael Jordan to ever hit a buzzer beater while your team's facing elimination and trailing. And it was just Derek White, like, who was a skinny little kid who <laughs> wasn't recruited by anybody. It's just insane. Totally insane. Adding to the insanity of the moment itself. I, I, I'm still stunned. <laughs> it's wild, wild stuff. We got about a minute left on this zoom because I'm too cheap to pay for full zoom, but, uh, anything's potable, man. Anything's possible. <laughs> Anything is possible. I will shift from potable to possible. The Celtics are back um, from down three games to nothing. They have forced a game seven after a crazy, absolutely insane game six. Again, they shot 20% from three. Their worst, well, I can't even talk anymore. Their worst amount for the entire season. They give up a 10-point lead in the final four minutes. They lose the lead of the game. And somehow Derek White comes in to tip the basketball for the win. Anything is potable, folks. Anything is potable. 